0: Travelers and welcome to Adventures in Security, episode 54 for October 14th, 2007, with your host Tom Olszak. You can find the information covered in our episodes at my blog, Adventures in Security at ITToolbox.com. If you're interested in commenting on what you hear or about topics you'd like me to talk about, please send an email to podcasts at adventuresandsecurity.com. In this episode, I'm covering the following stories from the past week. The Department of Homeland Security released the IT security essential body of knowledge. The Swiss use quantum cryptography for, electron, or for election processing, proper classification of security tests, a review of two drives with native encryption. But first, let's take a look at some security enhancements in Windows XP Service Pack 3. Service Pack 3 for Windows XP went into beta testing this week. As testers run it through its paces, it appears that SP3 is more than just a patch and hotfix roll-up. Rather, it looks like significant improvements have been added to secure the still-popular desktop OS. The following is from a posting at Beta News, entitled, New Features Discovered in Windows XP SP3, Is It Better Than Vista? Quote, The principal reason given for the tremendous under-the-hood changes to Windows unveiled this year in Vista was the need to overhaul the security model. Indeed, Vista has proven to be a generally more secure operating system, though some vulnerabilities that apply to ordinary software impact Vista users just as much as any other. But now, software analysts testing the latest build, 3205, of the beta for Windows XP Service Pack 3 are discovering a wealth of genuinely new features, not just patches and security updates, although there are literally over a thousand of those, but services that could substantially improve system security without overhauling the kernel, like in Vista. According to preliminary reports from NeoSmart, testers there found evidence that the company is hardening XP's network security with added features. One of these features had actually been on Microsoft's list for some time and might actually have caused problems for customers had it been omitted, Network Access Protection, or NAP, which is due to be managed by the forthcoming Windows Server 2008. This new service disallows network clients from accessing a Windows 2008 server without passing a minimum health screening, which checks for the presence of updates and service packs, including SP3, and disallows access to failing clients until they upgrade. Neil Smart also discovered evidence of hardening of Windows IP stack, including the inclusion of Microsoft's new black hole router detection scheme. Way back in 1990, the IETF implemented a way for routers to detect in advance the shortest path to send a large number of datagrams without having to fragment them too seriously along the way. The plan was referred to as Path Maximum Transmission Unit, or PMTU, with the objective being for sending routers to seek receiving routers that mangle fewer datagrams. As it turned out, some receiving routers that were pegged by sending ones as PMTU members were responding to datagrams with do-not-fragment messages by simply throwing them out. These were referred to as black hole routers and have been a perennial plague to streaming operations. The new router detection scheme enables IP routers along the way to flag misbehaving PMTU candidates in advance and steer around them. End quote. Our next segment is derived from an article in Computer World entitled Vendors Take Giant Leap with Drive Encryption, written by Mario Apicella. And he reviews drives with native hardware encryption from Seagate and Hitachi. Quote, Hitachi Data Systems Corp and Seagate Technology LLC recently started to offer two and a half inch disk drives with native hardware-based full disk encryption. These technologies offer companies another option for laptop data protection that promises to be reliable and easy to implement without the performance slowdowns you get from software tools. In March, Seagate announced its line of Momentous 5400 FDE.2 drives with capacities ranging from 80 gig to 160 gig. gig. More recently, Hitachi GST, which is Global Storage Technologies, countered offering the factory-activated bulk data encryption option on all TravelStar drives with both 5,400 RPM and 7,200 RPM. Despite their differences, these drives have in common a set-and-forget encryption capability, After you activate encryption, all content will be automatically encoded with a strong cipher. It's worth noting that activating encryption also adds a boot-level password that will keep prying eyes from reaching your data, even if the drive is transferred to a different machine. Should you change your mind and decide, for example, that the drive has to be redeployed to a different user, you can deactivate encryption at any time. There is an additional benefit to having full drive encryption, quick obliteration throw away the encryption key, and all data becomes inaccessible. Although I ran my tests on similar machines, the drives different capacities and rotation speeds make a direct performance comparison moot. Nobody should be surprised to learn that the Hitachi drive performed consistently faster. Regardless, what's more important is how much, if at all, encryption affects performance and what impact encryption capable drives have when it comes to managing laptops. To that effect, the Wave System security is a terrific help in managing encryption on the Seagate Momentus FDE.2, adding not only simplified management but access to some of the drives otherwise inaccessible features such as crypto erasure and strong password enforcement. Managing encryption from the laptop BIOS is doable and grants data protection, but if you have more than just a few laptops to babysit, the management suite from Wave Systems can make life much easier. Perhaps the most important outcome of my evaluation is that after activating encryption, I didn't notice any slowdowns on either drive. Moreover, running the same benchmarks on both drives with and without encryption, I saw no significant differences in terms of performance. This confirmed my impression that neither drive had lost responsiveness. Both drives passed the performance tests with reasonable marks. This is probably the most significant advantage that built-in encryption has over software-based alternatives, and it should remove any excuse for not encrypting sensitive data on laptops. According to ASI Computer Technologies, adding encryption increased the cost of the laptop by $100, less than 6%. Hitachi is not talking price at the moment, but I would be very surprised if the additional cost for an encrypted drive would be much different. With that in mind, getting a laptop with full drive encryption should be a no-brainer. A handful of dollars is a small premium for insurance against possible disruptive damage. Easy management, such as what the Embassy Suite offers, will add to that priceless peace of mind." Well, these drives are a giant leap toward natively securing sensitive data. However, organizations should look carefully at the challenges associated with drive encryption before distributing this technology to their users. For example, How will keys be managed? And how will you recover encrypted data from the hard drive of an employee who has just left the company? Again, you throw away the key, and the drive is inaccessible. Well-defined policies and process must be in place to protect the organization from data loss and data leakage through mismanagement of encryption methodologies. In our next segment, we're going to cover three definitions for security uh, testing uh, for audits, penetration tests, and vulnerability, vulnerability assessments. These definitions come from an article that was in uh, a recent Tech Target posting by Kevin Bieber, who seems to be bugged by the apparent misuse of these, term, of these terms. The first is security audits. I quote, a security audit determines what you say you're doing via policy or must be doing via regulatory requirements versus what's actually being done. Here are some characteristics of a typical security audit. It's very structured and methodical, often with a very defined scope. It has focus on whether controls exist or not. Not very technical, often based on checklists. Typically reference law regulation statutes or security framework sections. May or may not use security testing tools and scanners. Usually performed while logged in the systems being analyzed typically as an administrator or equivalent. And finally, often involves business process and policy reviews. Kevin's next uh, definition of penetration tests, I quote, a penetration test looks through the eyes of a malicious attacker to determine which vulnerabilities typically in externally facing systems can be exploited and what level of access can be gained. Here are some characteristics of a typical penetration test. Tightly defined scope, such as web applications and database servers. Less structured, more of a free-for-all, at least during the system reconnaissance and enumeration phases. Can require highly technical skills. A relatively small tool set is needed. Typically requires manual analysis and exploitation. May incorporate social engineering testing. May be time sensitive serves as a good starting point for more in-depth vulnerability testing, and finally, doesn't provide the whole security picture, especially for systems that are only accessible via the internal network. So that the next uh, definition from Kevin was vulnerability assessments. I quote, A vulnerability assessment roots out security vulnerabilities in both external and internal systems. Here are some characteristics of a typical vulnerability assessment. More in-depth and structured than a penetration test. Incorporates entire networks and sets of databases and applications into the scope. May May or may not include exploitation of vulnerabilities once they are found. A large tool set is needed to discover a maximum number of vulnerabilities. And finally, often confused with a basic automated scan, which, according to Kevin, typically only provides minimal value. And Kevin closes by saying, So what about the often used term ethical hacking? Well, it sort of encompasses both penetration tests and vulnerability assessments. To me, it's the best of both worlds. For fear of sounding too goofy, and that's Kevin's term, not mine, I usually just refer to my eth- ethical hacking work as security testing in general. And that's the end of the... Uh, the piece by Kevin, and I agree that a standard definition of each of these types of tests is is necessary. This is particularly important when contracting with an outside vendor for execution of an annual third-party security assessment or test. And whether you completely agree with Kevin's definitions isn't important. Just be sure that you, your team, and your security services providers all agree on what is expected when you're conducting a test. In our next segment, quantum cryptography comes out of the lab and into public use during this month's elections in Switzerland. The following is from an article entitled Quantum Cryptography to Secure Ballots in Swiss Election that was appeared in the 11 October 2007 online edition of Network World. Quote, Swiss officials are using quantum cryptography technology to protect voting ballots cast in the Geneva region of Switzerland during parliamentary elections to be held October 21st, marking the first time this type of advanced encryption will be used for election protection purposes. Still considered an area of advanced research, quantum cryptography uses photons to carry encryption keys to secure communications over fiber-optic lines and can automatically detect if anyone is trying to eavesdrop on a communication stream. For the Swiss ballot collection process, the quantum cryptography system made by ID Quantique will be used to secure the link between the central ballot counting station in downtown Geneva and a government data center in the suburbs. We would like to provide optimal security conditions for the work of counting the ballots, said Robert Hensler, the Geneva State Chancellor, in a statement issued on 11 October. In this context, the value added by quantum cryptography concerns not so much protection from outside attempts to interfere as the ability to verify that the data have not been corrupted in transit between entry and storage. The use of quantum cryptography in the voting process will showcase technology developed in Switzerland the firm ID Quantique, based in Carouge, grew out of research done at the University of Geneva by Professor Nicholas Gisson and his team back in the mid-1990s, end quote. Our final segment is about a document that was released by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, which is entitled um, The IT Security Essential Body of Knowledge. This is a document that uh, was put together by using all of the existing standards to try to come up with a list of skills that members of a security team should have in order to protect the business appropriately. And uh, the following is from a uh, talk that was given by uh, Department of Homeland Security Assistant Secretary Greg Garcia, where he describes uh, this document. And if you want to see the document, and I encourage you to do so, it can be downloaded, downloaded from the U.S. CERT site, and there's a link in my blog entry at IT Toolbox that will get you there. So the following is from the talk, again, by Secretary, Assistant Secretary Greg Garcia. Quote, Presently our training standards and certifications are designed to meet the needs of specific subsets of, IT, of the IT security community. While these are valuable, they are stovepiped and focus on specific context, environments, or markets. There is no single foundational document that synthesizes all of the information into a single resource, conceptualizing the needs of the entire IT security community, until now. I am proud to announce that yesterday, October 3rd, my office published the IT Security Essential Body of Knowledge. A competency and functional framework for IT security workforce development and it was in the Federal Register for Public Review and Comment. The EBK is an initiative to map IT security competencies to specific roles and functional responsibilities that apply equally in government and private sector environments. It speaks to both curriculum development in an academic setting and to the practitioner in the enterprise. Let me be clear about this initiative. It is not a substitute for the hard work that has already been done. Its objectives are simply to improve cybersecurity education for IT professionals, establish a national baseline representing the essential knowledge and skills necessary to ensure security, and promote widely recognized vendor-neutral cybersecurity guidelines. The EBK was developed in collaboration and coordination with private industry, higher education, and all levels of government. It incorporates the best practices from already existing, widely used resources, and the opinions and expertise of a wide variety of IT security stakeholders. In short, we've essentially integrated the common elements from the best our community has offered up, including the Department of Defense's Workforce Directive 8570, the Committee on National Security Systems Training Standards, the National Institute of Standards and Technology 800 Series, the ISO... IEC standards, COBIT, and several others. The EBK is critical to everyone in this room because, once finalized, it will help determine the skills and expertise our IT security professionals need to keep the systems running now and into the future. End quote. And these are are from the remarks of uh, uh, Cybersecurity and Communications Assistant Secretary Greg Garcia, at the Dartmouth-CIO-CISO Executive Workshop on Cybersecurity. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, I'm going to be reading my, uh, my new paper, which is uh, on the use of uh, the Trusted Platform Module, Vista Enterprise, Active Directory, and BitLocker to secure laptops. And uh, I'll be preceding that with uh, a couple of the, I consider probably to be the most important news stories from the week. And until then, of course, be careful what you click.